0: Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, happy Sunday, everybody. It's a good day. Grab your Bibles with me if you would. We're gonna jump into the Word today, and I'm super excited because we're launching a new series today uh, entitled This Is Us. What is it gonna be about? It's gonna be all about the church. It's gonna be about who the church is. Um, It's gonna, you're gonna discover who the church is, are you the church, is the church a building? Uh, What's the purpose of the church, the power of the church, different things like that. You're also in it, uh, gonna discover some of our core values, which are up on the screen. I don't know if you can see the lower version up here, Um, but if you look at the televisions, uh, these are five of our core values here that we hold dearly at Canvas Church. You say, wow, okay, what are core values? These are biblical principles. I mean, everything we do here at Canvas Church, we wanna do our best to live according to all the scriptures. Uh, But these are five biblical principles uh, here at Canvas Church that we have just dove into. And so you're gonna hear things about being relational. Um, How many of you guys think our church is friendly? Just raise your hand, okay? Thank you. Yeah, our church is friendly. Um, you know, and, and we're all, we, we, we love the value of relationship. We value that here. And uh, so much so that as we're talking about launching our small groups this week, as uh, Pastors Cody and Michelle talked about, uh, we value our small groups because in our small groups, relationship is developed with one another and uh, as, as well as uh, with, with God Himself. And so that's one of our core values. Another one um, is generous. Come on. How many of you guys love all of the improvements that are being done on the property? I mean, people, I'm starting to get messages from other pastors in the city. They're like, dude, the place looks awesome. Um, well, the reason we're able to put new AC in and put roofs on and take care of the blessing that God has given us is because of your generosity. Um, but generosity, as we discovered, is going to go beyond just financial giving. Uh, we're going to talk about being passionate. How many of you guys love being at a place that's passionate? Four of you. All right. Well, you'll... You'll learn it, man. We're, we're passionate, uh, we're passionate about everything we do. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Fun, how many of you guys think we should have fun in church? Yeah, we like that one. We like having fun in church. Church is fun. And uh, that's the one that we're gonna talk about. And then restoration, this is probably the biggest one. And we're gonna be talking about that next week. You do not wanna miss next week as we dive into the idea of restoration and that God is working. And honestly, that's one of the things that I love about the property that God has blessed us with because what's going on in the natural is symbolic of what's going on in the spirit realm. That all of the stuff we've been doing uh, to our property and and restoring it. Uh, We didn't tear down buildings and build new ones. We're restoring uh, the beauty that is here. And that's what God's into in the spirit. God wants to restore you back to the place that he created. And uh, and so we're going to talk about that next week. You don't want to miss that. But today as we kick it off, uh, I want to talk to you about a powerful church. A powerful church. that The church that uh, Jesus Christ died for on the cross is a church of power. And uh, we're going to look at this scripture today, Matthew chapter 16, turn there. We're going to read verses 13 through 20. And the word church in scripture, as we read it today, and as it's referenced in in the book of Matthew today, uh, the original word is the word ecclesia, which means this. It means a called out company or assembly a called out company or assembly. And so when you hear the word church as we read it today, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about a called out company or assembly. And the idea behind it is that it's for a purpose, that that people are called out and assembled together for a purpose. That's the Bible word. Here's the definition I've used of our church uh, for so long uh, when I talk about Canvas Church. Church is in perfect people who have come to seek a God who loves them in their imperfections. I want to read it to you again. Church is imperfect people. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I guess I don't belong, well, you just prove that you're imperfect, okay? Church is imperfect people who have come to seek a God, a perfect God, who loves people in their imperfections. The church, anytime the church is referenced in scripture, it's in reference to people. A called out company, an assembly, people with purpose, people that have a mission. Matthew chapter 16, gonna start in verse 13. Reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say? that the Son of Man is. He's talking about himself. In other words, he looks at his disciples, his followers, and he says, hey, what are people saying about me? Who do people say that, that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then, then, then literally, I think, uh, one of the, the most pivotal questions when it comes to the formation of the church, one of the most pivotal questions, really maybe in the, the discipleship's walk with Jesus, happens right here next. Then Jesus asks them, but who do you say that I am? The first question is this, the first question they ask, hey, what are you hearing about me? What are other people saying about me? What's, what's the news out there about me? And they, they say, well, some say, you know, you're, you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, maybe one of the other prophets, maybe Jeremiah. But then jesus says okay that's great you're hearing all of the chatter you're hearing all the things that are being said about me and and some ideas about who i am uh, but then he takes it to the real question and it's the question that you and i need to answer for ourselves who do you say that jesus is who do you say that i am listen to me i grew up in a, in, a, in, a, in a past, as a pastor's kid in a pastor's home and uh, it was one thing for me to understand who jesus was through the lens of my mom and dad. And as you're growing up in a Christian home, that happens for a while. There's formation taking place, there's growth taking place. Um, If you're being raised in a Christian home, hopefully they're doing it according to scripture and they're teaching you the ways of the Lord, right? And so you're learning and you're learning through the lens of a parent, you're learning through the lens of an instructor, but there has to come a point in your life when you answer this question for yourself. Not who do, who do your parents say that he is? Not who, do your, who does your pastor say that he is? Not, not what does your church believe about it? But you've gotta to come to the same place the disciples do, did and that is who do you say that Jesus is? And this is one of the most pivotal scriptures in the formation of the church. And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God pretty awesome right and jesus replied you are blessed simon son of john because my father in heaven has revealed this to you can we pause right there for a moment it is impossible to come to the to the full realization of who jesus is without the working of the holy spirit because here's the thing, we're gonna discover even here that there were people that had a lot, of, a lot of things they worshiped and a lot of gods they worshiped. And we've already covered the idea that there's a lot of people out there that could say a lot of things about Jesus. But in order to come to the full realization of who Jesus is, you have to have an encounter with him. And he says it right here, like that, that didn't come from you. That didn't come from your own wisdom. That didn't come because you're really super smart, Peter. This has been revealed to you from heaven. That's the value, even, of, of the church and coming together and studying the scriptures together. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Let me read that one again. I will build my church. Who's building it? Jesus and the powers of hell will not conquer it and furthermore I will give you the church the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven in other words the the real translation works this way what's already forbidden in heaven you will take the keys and you will now make it forbidden on earth and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The same, the same truth is here is that it's actually saying we're going to have this connection. I've given you the keys and now what I'm doing in heaven, you're going to take those keys and you're now going to do it here on earth. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah because his time had not yet come to be taken away and to be crucified. And I will build my church and the powers of hell Will not conquer it. I want to talk to you about the powerful church. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. And Lord, I pray in these moments that we have together today, gathered around your word, that Lord, you would speak to us. I pray that God, we would walk out of here today having a greater understanding of who we are and how powerful your church is. I pray that you'd help me now in this place, create an environment for people to discover your son Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. If you've been coming for a while, you know that I'm a big basketball fan. Yes, football's good too. How many guys started your fantasy football leagues this, this week? Woo! All right. Like, I guess y'all need to learn about that. But. i'm a huge basketball fan and and my favorite team is the clippers because they're way better than the lakers i'm almost somebody and because they used to be in san diego at one point all right i love the clippers i've loved the clippers for a long time and uh, one of my friends worked for kcal sports and kcal sports was the main broadcast station for the clippers uh in l.a and uh, and they came to seattle and uh, she contacted me and said hey i can bring somebody to the game and i'm like done and so I go to, I know there's no more team in Seattle either. It's kind of tragic, but, and so I go to watch the Clippers play the Sonics. And um, and so I walk in and she goes, okay, just follow me. And she has this pass on because, and we go in and we sit literally courtside at the announcer's booth thing. And I'm just like, this is awesome, right? This is so cool. And then like moments later, and you might not know who this is, but I'm just gonna say his name. Yes, I'm name dropping. Um, Moments later, in walks Bill Walton, the announcer for the Clippers and a former Clipper, NBA player, and he sits down right next to me. And so I am completely geeking out right now. I'm like, I'm like looking at my friend. I'm like, that, that's, that's Bill Walton. Like I'm sitting courtside and I'm, this is awesome. This is like a dream, you know? And at halftime, Bill Walton leans over and hands me a 20. and he said, hey, go buy us some popcorn. I'm like. I'm going to share popcorn with Bill Walton. <laughs> I don't even like popcorn. That's you know, my wife. I don't. It gets stuck in your teeth, and then for like the next 10 hours, you're like, you know, I don't like it. And so I'm like, okay. And so I go, and I buy the popcorn, and I'm coming back, and as I, I turn to go down the, the aisle, they stop me, and they're like, I'm sorry, sir, uh, you don't belong here. And I'm like, popcorn? Bill Walton. They're like, uh, we've heard that one before, sir. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, he gave me money, and he wants me to go give him the popcorn, and they would not let me through. Because I didn't have no pass. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there with the popcorn. I'm like, I don't know, eight seats away, and I'm like, Bill, buddy! You know, like, like, like we know each other real well. I'm like, yo. And so all of a sudden, he turns, and he comes over, and he taps the person on the shoulder, and he says, hey, he's with me. And as soon as he says, he's with me, the person moves out of the way, and I get to go in and share popcorn with Bill Walton. Yeah he's with me he's with me in Matthew chapter 16 Jesus reveals the power of the church when you understand who he is and that you're connected with him see if you don't understand who the church is and you don't understand that you are the church you don't understand who you're with, you're like the guy standing in the aisle with the popcorn saying but But Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 you you, you don't understand. He's with me. They're with me. They're my kids. They're my people. I got them. I got them. He says, you are the church. I'm giving you purpose. I'm giving you the keys. I'm giving you confidence. I'm giving you authority. I'm giving you a promise, I'm giving you a destination, I'm giving you, I'm giving you everything you need, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. Why? Because you're with him. You're with him. I love this moment when Jesus walks into Caesarea Philippi with his disciples and for us as we just read it it might look like okay what's happening here is jesus just pop quizzing them what's going on but if you understand the backdrop of Caesarea philippi you understand that where they stood in that moment was one of the the most predominant places of worship and not worship of god but worship of idols that here sat this this big cliff and at the top of the cliff was a a palace or a a place erected for Caesar and and then in this cliff were all of these niches where they placed their idols and they would place their idols in these niches and they would come and they would bow down and they would worship their gods. So in that context, when Jesus walks into Caesarea Philippi, there's all of these, 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 these gods that people worship. And so Jesus stops in front of that and says, hey, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who do do you say that I I am? Some say you're this and some say you're that, but here's the point. It's not about what other people are saying, because then he says, but who do you say? And in front of all of these other options, in front of all of these other idols, Jesus makes the statement, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church. See, can I be honest with you? There's there's other options out there. There's a lot of things that could pull on your attention. There's a lot of things that could pull on your heartstrings. There's a lot of things that could pull you and sway you away. Some of them are real, real, real trite, real meaningless, real just little things throughout the day, but some of them could be big things. And, and maybe you read, you know, and you're hearing this thing and you're thinking, well, I don't have a, don't have a niche where I'm putting some gods, but, but, but maybe you do. Maybe you've erected some other things in your life, like, like, like your career. Maybe you've erected some other things in your life like a relationship, or, or maybe it's the pursuit of money or the pursuit of finances or the pursuit of this or the pursuit of that. Maybe it's notoriety. Maybe it's, maybe it's I gotta get into the right church so I can rub shoulders with the right people so that I can advance my, anyway. There's a lot of things that, that you could put in these niches, but Jesus is only concerned with one thing, his church. I'm building my church, and you are that church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church, the ecclesia, it's you. Here's what he's saying. The gates of hell cannot overpower you or overcome you. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, in this moment, inspired obviously from the the presence of God in heaven, comes up with the answer. He declares, "You're you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. This powerful moment, he discovers not only who Jesus is, but then Jesus turns to him and says, well done, Simon, you're now Peter. And through the revelation that you just had, I'm gonna build my church. Think about how, how pivotal this moment is. Not only is it them coming to this place of understanding, and here's, here's the thing. I think this is where, where a lot of, of, of those that have stepped into the faith and are following Jesus miss it. We think that the whole point of, 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 of meeting Jesus and being saved is it. Like we come to the point, you're Jesus, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, good job, and stops. But it doesn't stop there. The whole point of being saved is that you're now a part of a family, and the family has a purpose. And, 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 and he has a plan and the purpose. The whole point is it. And, and I think too many of us come and, 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 we, and, and we surrender our heart to Jesus, and that is awesome, and you discover who he is, and that's the first step, and then we just stay there. And that's our whole entire faith existence, that he saved me. But he saved you for a purpose. He saved you for a plan. He saved you for something great, something epic, something powerful. And listen to me, I believe more than ever, as the church, we need to grasp this. We need to understand this. And so if I'm up here a little bit passionate, it's okay. It's one of our core values. (laughs) So I'm up here a little excited. It's because, man, I think more than ever right now in the culture we're in, in the time we're living, listen, the world needs to see a church full of power. The church needs to see a place that that when they're going through it, they know they can call somebody, the church, you, and that you're going to say, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. That really sucks to be you. Who wants to to be on the other end of that? Then when someone's going through it, and then you get the phone call, they want to hear, hey, we're on it. We got the prayer team going. We're going to get a hold of the intercessors. We're going to get a prayer chain going. You're going to make it. Man, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're going to rise above this thing. This thing ain't going to take you out. Man, you are a powerful, powerful church. That's what I want to hear. And some people like well we don't want to give them a false sense of hope no but i want to give them hope i mean i i've probably mentioned it before but if i get diagnosed with something one day and it's like terminal i don't want people walking up to me being like man i'm so sorry you're gonna die i may die but i don't need you to remind me i'm gonna die In that moment, you know what I want? I want some hope. Hey, man, I don't really fully know what's going to happen, but I know this, that, man, man, I've read it in Scripture, and, man, believers will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so we're just going to do that right now. We're going to stand in agreement. We're going to pray for you, and we're just going to believe for your healing. Because you know what that does? It fills me with hope. So at least on my way to my deathbed, I'm filled with hope rather than despair. Somebody with me? And here's the thing I don't know if you ever and I, I love the generations in our church but if you ever ha- I'm just gonna be honest please don't get offended yes I'm pointing over here because y'all hang out together like you're like groupies all right they're like a little gang over there like don't mess with us I'm just saying but just, just kind of sit sometimes with people that are like like 75 plus. And what do they talk about? Oh, my knee, man. This knee's been bothering me for. <sighs> yeah, not, not these, not the, the people in other churches, all right? Ours. I'll tell you what, what the world needs right now. The world needs a church that's full of hope. That's powerful. That, that's full of hope and healing. That's what, that's, that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. The world needs to look and see the church that has answers to tough questions. That doesn't shy away, that doesn't waver on, on tough questions like abortion, on, on transgender, on homosexuality. Oh, am I, ste- am I, am I stepping now? You know, the world needs, and even if they disagree with him, I'm telling you right now, the world needs a church that is, that is fundamentally founded on, on scripture Amen. and preaches Christ and him crucified and tells people the truth. Tells people the truth in love, right? Like there's just some messages that aren't easy to deliver, but we'll do it with love. Amen. Jesus reveals some powerful things in this moment about the church. I want to look at a few of them. Jesus reveals first and foremost that he is building his church and he is building it on himself. He's building his church and he's doing it on himself. I don't know about you, but that ought to free you up. That ought to get you excited. Like like he's building his church, what's he building? People, because people are the church. But he's building the church people on who he is. He's the cornerstone, he's the one. It's not being built on a personality of a pastor, praise Jesus. It's not being built on famous worship people, praise Jesus. It is not being built on, on somebody's newest book of leadership. The church is being built on one thing and one thing alone, and that is Jesus. It's being built on him. It's being built on himself. I mean, that, 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 that gets me excited. Huh. Ephesians two nineteen 19-22 tells us, Christ himself is the cornerstone. It says the church is being uh, built on a foundation uh, of the apostles and the prophets. Right? But then it goes on to say, but Christ is the cornerstone, the bedrock of which it's built on. What does that say? If, If we're the church, my life is being built on Christ. My life is being built on on Jesus, my life is being built on Him. And this is, this is such a, a great revelation of the church in this moment. And when he says this, and I, I wanna touch on this just for a moment, um, so pivotal is this moment in the building of the church that when it talks about, hey, you're, you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Some, the Roman Catholic Church, have taken that to think that they were actually speaking of Peter himself. That, that and therefore Peter becomes the very first pope. And that from there all other popes have, have succeeded. That hey, wait a second here, but, but we know that isn't the truth. Because you can't just, and I mentioned this last Sunday, you can't just take one scripture and look at one scripture and say, no, you've got to look at the totality of scripture and say, wait a second, okay, what's he talking about? And if you take the totality of scripture, such as Ephesians, where he says, I'm the chief cornerstone and others, you come to the realization of what he's actually talking about. He's talking about the, the prophetic declaration that Peter makes. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. The proclamation of that is the rock in which he's talking about. He says, man, it's, it's being built on me and it's being built on me alone. And man, um, I, I remember when, in, maybe even in seasons of, of being the pastor of this awesome church, um, you know, that we started years ago, this scripture, man, has been a reminder to me often and because here's the deal, when you're, you're building a church, it's easy to get into work mode and to take everything into your hand. Be like, I'm building something. Well, yes and no. <laughs> and I mean, I remember early on when we first started the church, I was just like, and I had a team around me. I was like, Ben, you need to chill. I'm like, I can't, I'm building something. I mean, actually, he's building it. He's building his church. He's building his church. Let's take take that into uh, your context now. You are the church he's building. He's building his church. What things in your life have you taken into your own hands? What matters have you taken into your own hands? And you're trying to handle it. What you're saying in that moment is God's not big enough to do it. He's good for these parts of my life, not so much for these parts of my life. It's like this, um, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity to build our own house three, three and a half years ago. Started about four years ago, we moved in about three and a half years ago. And, um, and I mean, mostly I subbed everything out, but there were a few times I grabbed a hammer and a saw, come on somebody. I built that fireplace wrap around. Evelyn wasn't completely happy with the design, but. I I built it I built it Um, here's the thing when I'm swinging that hammer that hammer isn't building my house when I got that saw that saw isn't building my house I'm building my house in the natural that is just a tool in my hand to help me build it more effectively listen he's building his church but when you become a part of it what happens is you become a tool in his hand you're not building it you just got to make yourself ready and available for him to pick you up you little tool I'm not calling you that the Bible is all right you tool air quotes You're just a tool in his hand so that he can build it the way he wants. Listen, he'll get it done one way or the other. I mean, when you look throughout scriptures, if he wants a message to get out there and no one says he'll do it, he'll use a donkey. But how would you feel next time you show up to church and up walks a donkey? There's another name for that that I can't use in church. My wife will get mad at me. I mean, throughout scripture, I mean, he talks about the, the, like, like you're not going to worship me, then the, then the rocks will cry out and do it. I don't know about you, though. Once you have a revelation of who he is, I, I don't know about you. I want to be a tool in his hands. I want to be a part of what he is building. Amen. Second Timothy two twenty one says, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil. Let me say it this way. You'll be a special tool for honorable use. Your life will be clean. And you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. I mean, when people come up to me in church and it's like, Pastor, I just feel like I'm being used. I'm like, yes! Oh, you meant that in a negative way. I'm sorry. I was just celebrating. Because, I mean, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point? Like, God's using you to build his church. How amazing is that how honorable is is that amen he's building his church and he's building it on himself the next thing i see here is um, you're that church he is building you're you're the church he's building i don't just mean just canvas church i'm talking about believers i'm talking about anyone who calls upon the name of the lord i'm talking about anyone like peter has that revelation of who he is He, he he's building you He's building the church, the called out assembly. I want you to notice this though. It says it's a called out assembly. Doesn't say it's called out individuals. In other words, know this, you cannot be the church by yourself. I mean, 1 Corinthians 12 makes it very clear that he's building a many-membered body, another term for the church. So in other words, when people are like, nah, I, I, don't, I, I don't go to church, I am the church. I'm like, yes, that's true, so who do you fellowship with? Well, I watch so-and-so on television. I'm like, okay, you're getting some good TED Talks, I mean preaching. But, but where, where's, where's the fellowship, where's the body? No, I, I am the body, whoa. No, you, you cannot be the church. By yourself, it's it's impossible. I mean, that that would be like like me just like just an arm walk like like crawling around. You're not going to look and be like, "Oh, there goes Ben." You're going to be like, "Ah!" What happened to Pastor's arm? That that arm can't be the body. It can be a part of the body. And so you just floating around out there doing your thing. Just being moved by the spirit. You're being moved by the wrong spirit. Is this this going a little too far for some of you? Get plugged into the body. Become a part of the church. It's a called out assembly. It's a many-membered body. You are the church he's building. And it is awesome. And you have purpose. When you're plugged into the body amen, amen. you are the church he's building hmm. next thing i see here and i love this part hell the enemy will try to stop the church you Now, what it says listen to what it says i wish it would say and the gates of hell will never even attempt to attack you i would have loved that version right like we got demons in our speakers (laughs) doesn't like the message i could totally turn that into like a random spiritual moment that would be totally out of context and wrong but whatever (laughs) hell the enemy will try and stop the church you Again, I wish it said that, that, that the gates of hell will never, ever come against you. You will never have a problem. You will never have a worry. You will never have a concern. It's just not gonna happen. That's what it says. And the gates of hell will not prevail. It will not overpower or conquer you. That's what the word prevail means. It won't be able to overtake you. It won't be able to overpower you. In other words, the attack is coming. The attack is real. But if you know that you're the church, and that you're connected to him, they're going to let the popcorn through. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you can understand the power that you have in Christ Jesus. But know this. Now, let, let me put it this way. How many of you guys have ever experienced this? You finally decide to like, you know what? I'm going to start being faithful to attend church. And you do. And all of a sudden it's like all hell breaks loose in your life. And the first thing you think is like this ain't working they were wrong this ain't working maybe the bible is true oh you discovered okay you're a part of the body guess what the promise is this hell's coming the attack is coming Matter of fact, the same person that has this revelation, I think it's in Matthew chapter 18, has, a, has another conversation uh, with Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, S- hey, Simon, goes back and reverts to his old name, uh, Satan's asked that he might sift you like wheat. But don't worry, <laughs> this part gets me. <laughs> I've prayed. <laughs> and after, you've gone through the ringer, my translation. You'll come back to me. Go read it. It's, it's phenomenal. The same guy that's having this revelation. He, he, this is the promise to Peter. Man, you're going to go through it, buddy. Satan himself has asked for you. He wants to take you out, but don't worry. I wish he would have said, don't worry. I'm not going to let it happen. He doesn't say that. He said, don't worry. I prayed for you. Awesome. I'm filled with so much hope. But I mean, you know? I prayed for you. And after you've gone through it, you're going to return to me." It's, it's, it's going to happen. Have you, you ever taken those steps in your faith, like, I'm going to start serving? And you start serving, and all of a sudden you get offended by somebody that you're serving alongside of. Probably not this church, but the previous church you're at, right? <laughs> like you get offended. Well, where's that coming from? We were like so close before I started serving. You, you, you decide, man, my marriage, I want to work on it. And you start working on your marriage. And it's like your spouse got filled with a demon. Come on, somebody. It's like, what is wrong with them? I, mean, I was, I was going to work on my marriage. What is that? That's the gates of hell coming against you. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, you know, pastor talked about generosity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch in. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be generous. They mentioned some tithing principles. I'm going to try that out. And then that week your car breaks down. You're like, oh, this ain't working. Or is it the gates of hell coming against you? Let me, let me try to break it down just a little more. How, how many of you guys no, no, okay? Have a friend, and you're just not feeling real well, and you're just like, have a friend that says, you know what you need to do? You need to come to the gym with me. You'll feel so much better. They lied. <laughs> y'all, y'all know that friend, right? Like, you're like, really? Okay, I'll do one of Jeremiah's workouts. It's only 30 minutes, how bad could it be? Well, when the guy doing the workout is huffing and puffing and he's shredded, I mean, that's, that should be a sign. Like, oh, maybe I can't do this. Oh, come, you need to come to the gym with me. And you go to the gym and you work out with them and you have a great conversation. And then the next day you try to get out of bed. You're like, I hate that friend. <laughs> they lied to me. It's painful. Shirk. They told me I'd feel so much better if I went to the gym. I don't feel better. But then you keep going, and you go some more, and all of a sudden, man, the soreness isn't lasting as long. Why is that? Because you're you're building some muscle, and you're getting stronger. And don't you know that the testing of your faith will produce patience, and patience and endurance will have its perfect work in you. So here's the thing, don't run the first sign of soreness. Don't run, oh, I started tithing, it didn't work. Well, I I tried a small group, but nobody liked me. Just maybe it's the gates of hell trying to push back against you. Or how about this one? You getting anything out of this this morning? How about this one? How about somebody starts getting right with God and then they just do something stupid and you and your friends are like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe they did that. Really? when did you become superhuman Mike? you can't believe they did that did you hear the testimony of what they were wrapped up in before they were strung out on drugs they were an alcoholic they were living on the street they were shooting up they came from four generations of divorce they came and you can't believe they did that maybe As they're stepping out doing their best just maybe the gates of hell here's the thing give them the opportunity to come back around be the church and love on them and help bring them back around listen man the reality is is when you go through those moments you've already got enough voices in your head you don't need another one looking at you saying man I can't you you were so dumb I can't believe you did they already know that What they need is they need some encouragement and some love and yes some reality and yes the truth of God's Word but the truth of God's Word is this though a righteous man falls seven times he gets back up and he gets going again the reason the reason there are 40 plus books in the Old Testament and so many of them are about God renewing His covenant with His people is because they blew, it, and they, blew it, and they blew it 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 and they blew it. and God's grace comes and says, "I'll take you back. I'll take you back. I'll take you back. I'll take you back. I'll take you back, I'll take you back. Let's be that church full of hope and healing. Hell, the enemy is real. Luke twenty-two thirty-one 31 was the Simon, Simon, Satan, sift you wheat thing. Let me finish with this. Worship team, you can come. The other thing I see here is the church has authority. The church has authority. And you're sitting there like, I want to go to that church. No, no, you're missing it. You are that church. That is you. This is what the Bible says about you. And he wants to pull you in, and he wants to make you a part, and he wants to move things forward. The church is powerful. You have authority in Christ Jesus as a Christ Father. Once you have that revelation of this is who he is, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Man, I'm going to reveal to you, you know who you are. You're the church and you're powerful, and you have a purpose, and you have a destiny, and I have a plan, and I'm gonna help you fulfill it. I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit, so when you don't know the way to walk, he's gonna lead you and guide you. I'm gonna give you my word, and my word's gonna be a lamp unto your feet, and a light unto your path. I'm gonna surround you with a a great group of people because two are better than one. You rise up with power and authority. Listen to me when you're walking through something you don't you, you don't cower back. You don't shrink back. Listen when you understand that you are the church. You understand that God has a purpose in and through your life. It changes the way you view everything. It changes the way you view offense. Like 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 the person in the church or the person that's a part of your church community that offended you it changes that. Because you realize something, oh man, the same God that's building them is the same God that's building me and he put us in the same body together because together we have purpose, together we have power, together we have potential. So when the offense rises up, you realize, oh, you know what that is? That's the gates of hell. That's not that person. They're not trying to offend me. They're not trying to upset me. They're not trying to anger me. They didn't mean to come across that way. It changes the way you view everything. And you realize, no, devil, I'm not gonna let you win this one. I'm not gonna let you win this one. I'm not gonna get offended. I'm gonna go and have a conversation. And we're gonna work this thing out. And we're gonna get stronger. And we're gonna move forward. And we're gonna see amazing things take place. The church has power, has authority. You need to understand the authority that you have in Christ Jesus and start to fight back. When, when, when health issues rise up in your life, don't roll over, play dead. Don't, don't let your first thing to be to go to the, the medicine cabinet take medicine, do what the doctor's telling you to do. But listen to me, this is the first thing you ought to do, the first thing you ought to do when sickness hits your home is call up the body. Hi, right, this is what I'm walking, this is I'm going through. Got it, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. Right, the church is powerful. The church is powerful. The church is powerful. What areas of your life are you settling for the attack? What areas of your life are you just allowing the gates of hell to come and just establish, say, they're saying, hey, we're established right here, you can't go any further. What areas in your life? But areas in your life, are you just succumbing to that? I guess, I guess that'll never happen. I guess this is the furthest I can go. I guess this is it. But yet God promised me that. You're the church, you're his son, you're his daughter. Stop settling, stop settling, stop settling. Listen to me, some of you have allowed yourself to be taken as a tool out of the master's hand. And I'm telling you right now, there is nothing more life-giving and nothing more fulfilling than being in His hand as the church being used. That doesn't just mean in the local church. It could be missions, it could be global, it could be, man, in your neighborhood, it could be on your school campus, it could be wherever, but, but, but are, you, are you allowing yourself to be in the master's hand to be used to build His beautiful, powerful church? I'm telling you, it's the most rewarding, most life-giving thing ever. Some of you are allowing yourself to be pushed back and pushed down. And I wanna remind you today that he's given his church the keys to access heaven and say, God, let your kingdom come Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your kingdom will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your kingdom provision come forth here on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your kingdom healing come here today as it is in heaven. He's giving you the keys for the church. We're powerful. Where he is god we thank you so much for your word church do me a favor just stand to your feet right now as we close it out today god we thank you for your word god we thank you that your word is awesome god your word is beautiful god your word is is so clear and so obvious so god it changes the way we view how we live and where we live Knowing that the boundaries of our dwelling are established by you because you said, that's where I need you. That's why I put you there. Son, daughter, I want your gifting to rise up. I want, I want, I want your, your gift sets to be used in that body, in that local church so that the church could become more beautiful. Because the Bible says that he's coming back for his pure, spotless, beautiful bride. And that pure, spotless, beautiful bride has an understanding of who he is. And because they understand who he is, they understand who they are. You are Peter, who they are in him. We freely lay down the gifts and the treasures that he's given us and we say, God, go use them. God, use me. God, let me be that tool in your hand that builds something beautiful for your name. Hallelujah. So God, I pray right now for each and every person in this place. God, those that have come for the first time came for a reason. They needed to hear this message. God, those that came back that haven't been in a while, God, you sovereignly brought them here to remind them that they are the church and they have purpose and you have a plan and they are powerful. God, I pray that this morning that you would remind each and every one of us in this moment. That, God, we don't have to just sit back and take the beating of the gates of hell. But we could rise up understanding that although the gates of hell might be coming against us, it will not overpower us. It will not overtake us. It will not overcome us. For, God, you've given us the keys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're here this morning. You'd say, man, I need to take some authority in my life there's someone here and you continually fall back into addiction you continually succumb to addiction and it's like it's like it's like the Lord is showing me right now that there is a battle sometimes almost daily and you work it out and you work it out in your mind and you think that you're strong enough and and then all of a sudden you give into that addiction you give into that thing but today God wants to remind you son daughter you don't have to give into that addiction You don't have to give in to that, for the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. 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 There's someone here this morning and there's moments in your life where you feel yourself advancing and you're moving forward in the things of God, but you get to a certain place and it's like you plateau and when you plateau you start to fall off because all of the lies of the enemy that have been told you in the past start to come at you once again the lies saying see i told you you'd never make it i told you you'd never overcome that obstacle and all of a sudden you succumb to that and you shrink back you need to understand that's the gates of hell trying to come against you don't let it overpower you declare the promises of god over your life i there's some of you here today you just need to surrender your heart to jesus and get right with him Get on the right path with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss, and the band's going to go into a moment of worship. And as they do, I'm going to invite uh, this morning. Here's what I'm going to invite. I'm just going to invite the pastors, just the the pastors to come. And if you need prayer to overcome in your life, um, we're going to pray for you all the small group leaders are going to be out in the in the lobby and in the courtyard just saying hey it's time to connect it's time to connect look for them they got the cool black shirts on i'm a little jealous i didn't get one that's just the gates of hell I'm, i'm okay with it they'll be out there get signed up for a small group but as i dismiss and we go into this moment of worship you know that you need prayer today you know that you need someone to stand in agreement some of the pastors will be up here will pray for you god we thank you so much for today god we thank you that your word is awesome i pray that this word god would continue to be on our hearts and on our minds we discuss it in our groups this week we discuss it in our homes and god we would just find lord god a place of complete breakthrough in every area of our life as we understand we're the powerful church in jesus mighty name amen as the band just goes into worship if you want to stay in worship you can but if you're going to go grab your kids and bring them back in you need prayer come on up out of your seat right now Come on up right now, we can go pray.